Tomorrow all the things were gone I'd worked for all my life And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away Waking up the outdoors at Outdoors. Dan brought to you in part by their good friends out at the driveway company in Grimes. Do you have separation going on in your driveway? Do you, When you come home, do you kind of feel lost? Is it like flowing over the Mars surface? Do you feel like you're part of history? Like Because you're going into craters and divots and things that should only be in outer space. Don't feel like that. Call our friends over at the driveway company, 515 515- Eight five zero one zero seven two, and you will have the driveway that you always wanted, and your neighbors will be jealous of the driveway company. They did a great job for me. They will do a great job for you. All right, hey everybody, good morning. I got a bunch of people watching us this morning on Facebook Live. Uh, Tony, Edwin, gosh, look at all the people. John, Michael, Rob, Steve. Hey, good morning, Steve and Ed. Scott, good morning. Bob White. I love that name, Bob White. Yeah, I bet you've heard that a million times. Uh, Roger, good morning, buddy. Chris Roberts, good morning. Matt, good morning. Kenny Cole, good morning. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you. we got a fun show uh, today. We're going to be talking smallmouth fishing. So, you know, I told you I'd have a smallmouth expert on here. We we came through with that for you. We're going to be talking uh, with uh, Chris Knopfsinger here in a minute. We've got a nice fishing report to do. We got uh, the Iowa Deer Classic to talk about. Uh, we got some other stuff in the eight o'clock hour. Larry Game TV, main or media director guy, whatever you want. We're going to be talking turkey broadheads. Morning, Dawson. Good to see you. I'm doing the show, man. That's what's up. I'm doing the show. Uh, we're going to be talking turkey broadheads with Larry Mack at eight o'clock, and then uh, we'll we've got uh, a treasure hunt. I did a treasure hunt this week. Just to help people out, because it was so miserable and everybody is so bored. I said, you know what? I'm going to take a, a Kershaw knife and I'm going to take a work sharp sharpener and I'm going to go hide it somewhere in Des Moines. And it's already been found. It took four days, four clues. I'm either really good at giving out clues or I stink. I haven't figured out which way it goes. I figured it'd take at least a week or so, but uh, no, someone already found out. So I'll tell you about that. And uh, before we get out of here, we'll check in with Smelter, Smoking Joe Smelter, and we'll do a little trivia. We've got some number one gun oil kits, courtesy of JLM Guns to Lethal, uh, Lethal Products. Best gun oil in the market right there, because when it dries, there's no scent to it. It's really good, and it's really a great kit, because you got a cleaning cloth and, and a whole bunch of other stuff in there. Thanks to Dave Bloom out there at JLM Guns for doing that for us. Good morning, Jeff. You have a good day too, man. I appreciate that. 
All right, let's head over to the phones uh, and just uh, say hi and uh, see what's going on up in Michigan with Chris and uh, Mr. Chris Knopfsinger. Good morning, Chris. How you doing? Good morning. How you doing, Dan? I'm good. Am I saying that last name right there, buddy? Yep, you got it. Spot on, Knopfsinger. Knopfsinger. All right, I just wanted to make sure. Now, Chris is a professional guide for Smallies, uh, and he's a friend of Shaw Grigsby. Shaw, I was talking to Shaw. And, and, uh, he goes, Hey, you gotta, you do me a favor. You gotta get this guy on the radio and talk smallmouth." And he likes, he's a big hunter too. I said, well, that works for me. So I called Chris up and he was nice enough to, cons- uh, consign to come on. And we're going to talk a little rip and lips this morning. Hey, now you're up in Michigan, aren't you? Yes, sir. I am. How's the weather? Uh, Traverse city. Oh, that's Cold. a big, be- no, now I know why you like to bow hunt. You're in, you're in, that's an awesome place to go hunt in Traverse city, Michigan. It is. It's pretty interesting. It's uh, it's very diverse. You know, we got a we got agriculture, we got orchards, we got swamp, we got big hills, we got a lot of hunting. Yeah. And the same thing with smallmouth. We got a lot of a lot of diverse areas to fish those as well. Yeah, and well, not only that, man. You also got good morning, Kenny Creek. Good to see you. We also you also got up there. I don't know how many golf courses. So there's plenty of you know them deer are mowing them golf courses down like crazy, aren't they? Oh yeah. There's a, there's a golf course. It seems like every three miles. Yeah. I was actually up there, Chris, gosh, in my other life, uh, when I worked as an insurance adjuster, I was up there and then they had, a, I stayed at a resort that actually had, um, like was it Arnold Palmer's golf course or a Jack Nicholson? Yep, that's, uh, that's the, uh, Grand Travers resort. That's it. That's where I stayed at. Yep. Yeah. And man, that place was cool. Uh, cause on the lake there, there was a really nice restaurant, big white building and man, they had some of the best food. That was like 20, 29, 30 years ago. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely, uh, I don't know what that was. Um, I got an idea which one it was. It was right on the water, right next to the marina, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've taken that down. Really? Oh. Wow, that no was a neat. There. That was a neat place, man. I mean, you sat in the dining room and you overlooked the lake and stuff, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was good food too. Oh, it was good food, man. I I told you, I I remember a couple things in my life: good fishing trips, good hunting trips, and food. <laughs> I hear you there. <laughs> so, how's the weather up there, man? It's is it as we just you're up there by uh, by Jonathan Van Dam, aren't you? Uh, he's south of me a ways. Um, he's down in the Kalamazoo area, but yeah, Michigan guy. Kevin's down there in the in the Kalamazoo area as well. Yeah, but um, it's we got we actually had a winter storm last night up here. Uh, kind of woke up to a surprise. Uh, three to five inches of snow about everywhere we looked. Oh wow! Um, but, yeah, um, it's uh, it's cold this morning up here for sure. Yeah, I mean you got ice everywhere too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we're solid. We're iced up. I mean the Great Lakes. Uh, the bay hasn't quite froze enough yet to get out and fish on, but most all of our inland lakes are are froze up. We've got good ice out there now, and uh, and guys are getting after it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just did a podcast with, and uh, we were talking about some of the uh, Michigan fishing and hunting and everything up there, and uh, we we did touch a little bit about smallmouth, and he was talking about how good the Saint, is it the St. Lawrence River up there, Chris? That's really hot for smallies. That's actually over in New York, uh, okay. the Saint <clears throat> Saint Clair River. Saint Clair River, okay, yeah, okay. Saint Clair and the Detroit River is pretty, pretty sporty. 
So how'd you get into smallmouth guiding? You know, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I actually caught my teeth in the salmon and lake trout industry um, as a deckhand on the back of a charter boat. And I always fish smallmouth. I grew up fishing a river when I was a kid, the Shiawassee River. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was loaded with smallmouth, and I fell in love with it. Well, my grandparents lived up in Frankfort, Michigan, which is right on Lake Michigan. And um, all the lakes around here had smallmouth in them. So I would, every summer I'd come up here and I'd fish smallmouth. And, and then I ended up getting out of the charter business. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, somewhere around, uh, oh gosh, 99, 2000, I really started focusing on bass fishing and then uh, decided to go out on my own. There wasn't anybody really guiding for bass up here. And all my charter clients, a lot of my salmon salmon guys were asking, hey, does anybody guide for smallmouth up here? I'm like, no, not really. There's like one guy that I know of. They're like, well, you know anybody could take us? Well, I'll take you. So, and then it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a big walleye guy. Walleye and crappie are actually my two favorite fish to catch. I mean, there's nothing wrong with bass fishing at all. But I, a smallmouth, to me, I catch a lot of smallies when I'm walleye fishing. I wish I could catch when I'm, I wish I could catch when I'm smallmouth fishing a, wall, a lot of walleyes. I wish it would flip for me, honestly, Chris. Because I, I, then walleye kick my, my tail every almost every time I go. They drive me nuts. But... I, I don't think there's a better fighting fish pound for pound than a smallmouth bass. They're, them, them bronzebacks are just amazing fish. Oh, they pull. They're hard, especially fish that are in current. You know, they, they pull even harder. Um, and they're beautiful to boot. I mean, I yeah. absolutely love the markings on a smallmouth. I mean, it's they're just amazing fish. Yeah. Well, it's like catching a little football, man. I mean, it, they're just, they're fat. They're, 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 they're just, they're full of fight and, they're, they're not as, you know, you throw some good crankbaits on there and we'll talk to them how you like to do it. But I don't know, whenever I'm, whatever I'm crankbait fishing for walleyes off of Rocky point or whatever, it just seems I pick up more smallies than I do wallies. Oh, they're, they're definitely aggressive fish. They like, they like crankbaits. They like moving baits. Um, they're, they're a very diverse fish. They'll spend, you know, like a walleye will too, you know, they'll go out and suspend over deep water. Yeah. So they can be, uh, fish to catch as well but they yeah. don't quit they they have no there's no give up in their tank that's for sure no not at all so how did you hook up with shaw how did you get to know shaw so well well i, I had an opportunity to film a show with him oh gosh years back and uh, and we kind of hit it off you know we we both like to hunt fish we like the outdoors and uh and we had fish and had a really good time and then uh shaw came up to do the uh major league fishing event um they were over in alpena uh he invited me to come over and do a show over there with him mm-hmm. and and we uh we filmed a show over there and years ago into icast and um you know just running into each other through the years just kind of had a really good friendship and uh he's a really great guy super nice and you know so yeah we've really we've been buddies yeah we've been buddies for almost 20 years and you won't find a nicer guy than shaw grigsby i i uh Polly, they're just super nice people, and he, he, uh, folks, you, when you hear him on the radio with me, or uh, if you see him on TV or whatever, what you see is is honestly what it what he is. I mean, he's just a generally good guy. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, hey, Chris, it's seven twelve and some change. I make a real quick break, and when we come back. Can we talk about how you like to approach catching smallies? Sure, absolutely. All right, let me say hi to some people real quick, real uh, just here on Facebook. 
Uh, we got Kenny Cree. We got Jeff. We got Dawson. Uh, we got Matt Ward watching. Good morning, Chris Roberts. Uh, let's see. Rick Johnson. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Michael Waters. Doug Reed. Good morning. Thanks. We appreciate you tuning in. We're uh, going to talk a little smallmouth uh, presentations and techniques with Chris Nostak right here on Waking Up the Outdoors with Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. You're listening to Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Waking Up the Outdoors with Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. We're talking a little smallmouth fishing. We got the Nostinger on from Michigan and Chris, Chris is a professional wall, or excuse me, smallmouth guy. See, I got walleye on the brain again, Chris. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Hey, so tell us now when you're approaching a lake. Um, I was just talking about this. We uh, we had Denny on a, last week, actually. Uh, when you guys are going in uh, for you, if you're guiding, when you go to a, what's the first thing you look at going to a new body of water? What are you trying to zone in on? You know, the, the, the first thing I do, obviously, is uh, I have like app on my phone. And uh, if I'm going to a lake I've never been to, uh, I definitely try to look at that lake. I look for, you know, points. Um, for smallmouth, I want to find big flats next to deep water. Um, I really like hard edges, you know, like where there's a, a six to eight foot flat or maybe even a 12 foot flat. And then the, the, it drops right off to 35 to 60 Okay. Um, smallmouth like to be, you know, a couple of tail swipes away from deep water. Um, they feel very protected there, um, and they like flat. They like to hunt on a flat. It's different than a largemouth, where a largemouth will spend more time, you know, looking at weeds and, and finding weed cover, where a smallmouth is more at home on a gravel or a So that's kind of what I look for, or a point for that matter. Yeah. Hey, uh, we have a mutual friend that says you're the greatest of all time. You know, uh, you know, a hall of famer by the name of Butsky. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Paul's watching us. He's listening to you right now on our live stream on Facebook. So tell, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He can hear you. Turkey if you whisperer himself. Yeah. You're, if you want to say hi, how you doing, Paul? Yeah. I tell you what, Paul Butsky is one of the kindest guys I've ever met. Uh, just super nice. And, uh, I, he hall of fame, Turkey uh, in the national Turkey was the national wild Turkey Federation. He's, uh, he's a hall of famer. He's just, he's a hall of famer all the way around. He just, you won't find a nicer guy in the Turkey woods than Paul Butsky. No, he's a great guy. I've been fortunate enough to share a couple of Turkey camps with him mm-hmm. and I've uh, been fortunate enough to uh, spend a few days on the boat with him as well. Yeah. Uh, well, he's good. a great, great they, man. Is he good as oh. fisherman as Paul? Uh, I'll let me do the fishing and I'll let him do the turkey hunt. <laughs> you know, Hey, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing. Cause you know, with Denny Brower, I tried to get Denny to have me and Larry come down to, to Lake Amistad where he's at. And I said, Hey, can we come down here and film a show? And, uh, you know, we'll go, we'll go wall, uh, bass fishing with you at Amistad in the morning and then we'll go, uh, turkey hunting or deer hunting and put that on respect the game. He goes, well, we might be able to do that, Dan, but if you're wanting a 10 pound bass, you, can I do the fishing for you? And it's like, well, thanks a lot, Denny. I appreciate that. I just had to chuckle on that. He goes, I'll, I'll give you the rock. Cause otherwise we might be there all day. You know, <laughs> uh, I still, uh, I'm still trying to get Paul a six pounder. He'll be back up here. We'll, we'll get him a big one. You know, Hey, t- you know uh, where I've caught some really big smallmouth, and if folks, it was totally by luck. I'll be the first one to admit it. I, I I'm never going to say I'm a professional fisherman at all, 
But uh, uh, over on uh, in Minnesota, uh, Malax is a great smallmouth fishery, and I don't think a lot of people really, you know, uh, Malax was always known for a walleye lake. But you know, um, man, you get out there on the rocks and stuff, you can get some big, wa- uh, big smallies. Also, there's a lake uh, over in Minnesota called Turtle Lake that's got some just pounding. I mean, you can catch a five to seven pound smallmouth. In. Wow. Those are dandy fish. And, yeah, Mille Lacs has uh, really went up on the radar in the last few years um, ever since Seth Fighter there won the, uh, I believe it was the AOI championship there. And I think he averaged like 25 a day or something. It was ridiculous what he put up. And uh, I think I've had several of my clients that have actually fished there with uh, Jeremiah Johnson. Um, he's, a, he's an amazing guide up there on Mille Lacs. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I haven't been there yet. I've heard rumors of the place, and, and I want to get there. Yeah. Um, it, oh, if you get a chance to go, Chris, you should go because even I can catch a nice one up there. <laughs> well, we need to get you up here. We can, we can catch you a nice one right here. You know what I've heard? You know, I, I, I've got several friends that go to Michigan every year. Uh, Donovan Hill from Triple H Outfitters is watching this right now. He's my buddy down in Kansas. And a lot of those guys, uh, they go up to Michigan. They go up there to go trout, lake trout and salmon fishing. Yep. You it's said, a, kind you of said, a big deal up here. Yeah. I mean, how did, how did Michigan, is it because of the great lakes up there? Is that where the big lake and trout, the salmon and the trout came from? Yeah. So there's always been lake trout in the great lakes, um, for years and years and years. And they planted salmon back in here in the sixties, um, to control the alewife population. Um, and that the alloy population was out of control. I mean, there were thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands di- dying on the beach. And it was actually, they used to bring bulldozers in and clean the beaches off. Mm-hmm. Well, they brought the salmon in to clean that up, and it became a really good fishery, and it's super diverse now. I mean, we've got brown trout, lake trout, steelhead, coho salmon, king salmon. Um, there's just all kinds of all kinds of opportunities here for an angler, for sure. Oh, I, I man, they they rave about it up there. So, hey, when you're smallmouth fishing, what, what technique do you Chris? Man, it really depends on the time of year, Dan. Um, you know, early in the year, uh, when the water's super cold, uh, I like blade baits, like a silver buddy-style bait, um, a cicada, um, a little jackal, you know, little blade baits, the mega bass ones. There's, there's all kinds of different blade baits out there. But cold water, early season, that's something to start with. And then it, it just kind of progresses, excuse me, as the year goes on, um, as the water warms up, you know, we move into, into a jerk bait. Um, really like to throw a jerk bait. My favorite, obviously, is top water. Uh, I don't think there's a funner way to catch a bass, smallmouth or largemouth, than on top water. Yeah. Um, it's one of my, my favorite things to do. So when you're, are you, like when I go fishing, you know, I like to target, uh, you know, the, the points, the rock edges. Um, what kind of, kind of topography are you looking for? Um, you know, early in the season, it, it, smallmouth will go into what we call wintering holes up here. They'll be bunched up in one little area, you know, a whole bunch of them. You, know, you can sit in one spot and catch 50 to 100 of them sometimes and never move the boat wow. more than 20 yards. Really? Yeah, so you, there's there's little spots like that. And then as the water warms, they start moving up on You know, they like they want to be warm too. Right. So they start moving up onto those and then onto the points. And then they'll spawn up on the flats, and then they'll start to pull back, and then they'll go more to the main lake points and secondary points a lot of times, you know, or right up on the edges of the flats. What what are they feeding up in your area? I mean, is there shad runs, or, you know, what do you look for 
when, as far as bait fish and stuff? So for us, it's in the Great Lakes, it's different inland lakes than it is the Great Lakes because we've got the goby now. The goby was introduced into the Great Lakes, you know, as an invasive species years ago. Um, and it's I actually, I think they're little protein pellets for the smallmouth. Gotcha. That's become a main forage for them. Um, and then uh, the owlwives in the Great Lakes are big. Uh, perch are somewhat, you know, they, they do feed on them in the Great Lakes. That's more of an inland lake thing. But crayfish and shiners. Okay. You know, those are, if you're in an inland lake, it's going to be a crayfish, perch, shiner going to be your main, main forages for them for sure. Yeah, and then online and everything, pretty much the same approach as like a largemouth. I mean, braid is huge, and especially if you're out on those rocky points and stuff, right? Yeah, I do. I I've gone. I really switched uh, my my line. I use uh, I use a lot of vicious line. That's what I've been. You know, they've been uh, my partner sponsor since they were actually my very first partner sponsor in the industry. And um, I used to fish all fluorocarbon. But they've come out with a no-fade braid now that I really like, and I use a fluorocarbon leader with that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the big thing now because braid gives you the sensitivity. They don't get with mono or just straight floral. So especially when you're fishing, you know, definitely, uh, definitely a big deal. Yeah, I, I like braid. I, I was fishing 100% fluorocarbon for years, and then Denny and Shaw kept pounding in my head saying, you know, you, know, you, you, you keep missing fish. Um, why don't you try switching over to braid and then do a, a floor key, fluorocarbon leader. And when I did that, Chris, I started, I started not missing as many fish. I still miss a lot, but not as many. I can feel the fish better with that braid and that fluorocarbon combination than I could with just trying to run straight fluorocarbon. And I get way more, um, longevity out of my, out of my line doing that too. You know, cause after, you know, fluorocarbon after, two or three trips, you gotta, you're pretty much time to re-spool. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's really nice. Um, Vicious has got their no fade braid out now. Um, I've actually got braid that I've been using for two years. Yeah. new on the, on the spool, but you're only using, you know, 10 to 15 ch- foot chunks of, of fluorocarbon now, you know, and that's all you gotta, gotta retie a quick little, um, Alberto knot or a uni to uni dot, yeah. you know, that, that you join that. And, uh, and then you just re- replace your leader. Yeah, so that's, you definitely get a lot more longevity out of your fluorocarbon spool. Yeah, I I use a double uni. There, I hate tying it when I'm in the boat. I'll be honest with you, because man, I, <laughs> my eyes are getting bad. But uh, I that that knot works really well for me. I love a du- double uni when I'm putting line together. Yeah, it does. It's uh, it's it's a really good knot. It's actually fairly easy to tie. Um, the Alberto knot is a little bit thinner, mm-hmm. um, and, and it goes through the guides a little easier. And then probably one of the best overall knots is the FG knot, but it's, that's a bugger to tie. It takes time. Um, and if you're bouncing around in a boat, it, it's a lot more difficult to tie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that's me bouncing in the, the three that I use bouncing in the boat's not a fun when you're trying to tie knots. Trust me. It's not <laughs> good morning. Russ Morgan up in New York. Thanks for watching Russ. And thanks for all the swag I got last week, man. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you, uh, when you when you were talking about crankbaits, uh, like crawfish and stuff, I mean, I, I know a lot of folks, you can use that as well. Uh, walleye hit those and largemouth, too. Uh, that's a great choice color for a crankbait. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, crayfish is one of the main diets of bass in general, whether it's, uh, you know, that's why a jig works so well, too, for largemouth. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, eating, uh, they're eating the crayfish. They're bottom feeders for sure especially if you're in and around rock, you know, or 
um, submerged wood where there's a lot of crayfish that can get up underneath them. You know, you kind of match the hatch, fish it where they're at. Um, if you know there's a lot of crayfish in the area, match something that looks like a crayfish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's yeah. kind of been my theory. 729 and some change. We're visiting with Chris Knopfsinger up in Michigan. Chris is a professional smallmouth guide. Now, Chris, when we come back, I'm going to take one more break. Can you hold for me? Because I want to talk yeah. a little hunting with you when we come back. Yeah, no, no problem, man. All right, we'll be right back on 1350 ESPN. It's Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Waking Up the Outdoors with Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. We're talking a little smallmouth fishing with Chris Knopfinger up in Michigan. Chris, you still there, man? Yeah, you got me? Yeah, I got you. Just sorry about that. We got to pay the bills, man. You know how that goes. So, hey, uh, so... What are you are more into bow hunting? Are you a rifle hunter? What do you do? Uh, I like to bow hunt more than anything. It's probably my favorite thing to do. Uh, I really like muzzleloader too. Yeah, um, I'm a muzzleloader guy. I love it. Yeah. I haven't, man. I haven't rifle hunted in a long time. So I need to go out west. I I haven't shot a rifle in probably 35, 40 years for for uh, you know for hunting. I've shot a I've shot a rifle, but I just I have to bow hunt everything, Chris. So it's just. It is what it is. Well, I, I've, I've, I hear you, man. <laughs> I've missed more. I've missed more game with a shotgun and a and a rifle than I ever have with my bow. So that's why I choose the bow hunt better. Uh, I just I like the up close nature of it too. Yeah. Uh, there's something about getting a big deer, you know, within 10, 15, 20, 30 yards of you that I don't know. You just to me with the rifle, it's a little bit different. I can see him at 350, 400 yards, and I can I can make it happen. Yeah. But. I like and getting them right in tight. If I would have had a muzzleloader last year, I could have shot two deer over 170. So, at at I was if someone could have seen me in my ground blind, they would have saw me throwing my bow down, stomping my feet, sitting there saying, "Come on, man!" You know, I got. It's like I'm not taking a 75 yard shot at, at in the middle of winter with my bow. You know, it's just not going to happen. So, right, I got redemption on a big one this year. I had an opportunity at him during bow season. And uh, I was actually hunting in Ohio, and I uh, had an opportunity to a really big deer and things, you know, as a bow hunter. One little thing went wrong on a big deer, and he disappeared. Yeah. And I did get another opportunity at that same deer uh, during muzzleloader season and capitalized on it and uh, killed my biggest deer ever. He's up eight and one-eighth inches. Hey, congratulations. Oh. That's awesome. I I miss muzzle. I haven't muzzleloader hunted in a while. I actually miss it. I uh, It's fun. I used to go down to Night Rifles. Uh, they had an annual hunt, and... Man, that that was always a lot of fun. But boy, I, between you and me, I hate cleaning them. That's the only thing I don't like about muzzleloader hunting. Yeah, I hate cleaning them. Yeah, the newer powders today are. You know, it, it makes it a lot better than yeah. than the old. You know, triple F and you know the old school stuff. But yeah, I agree. The the maintenance on them is can be a little intensive from time to time. But it is fun though. There's something about knowing that you only have one shot. Yeah, to count. Yeah, so. it's it's awesome, man. Yeah, and turkey hunting with a shotgun. I've missed more turkeys. I I don't know what it is about me and a shotgun hunting on a turkey. I can't hit them for it, they could be out there the size of a barn and I would miss them. So it's just it's, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, it's just not fun. I'm telling you. That's about yeah. That's about how it is. So so hey, uh, now do you hunt just up in Michigan or do you go all over? No, I uh, I hunt Kansas and I hunt Ohio mainly. Uh, I do a little hunting here. I'm my time in Kansas and Ohio, though. 
those are the the two states that I I've spent most of my time in. I'm trying with, to get to your state. Yeah. Well, hey, come on down. Uh, we uh put a seriously put in for put in and then uh it's going to take you three or four or five years to draw three or four but uh you know if you need a place to hunt let me know roger we'll We'll, do we'll trade out a fishing trip for a hunting trip i know a guy i I, either i figured you would (laughs) there you go but i i want to hold my my own my own fishing rod okay i don't want you holding my i don't want you setting the hook and then giving me the pole and say here dan no, no problem. We yeah. can we can make that happen. Yeah, there you go. Uh, hey, when uh, now I love Kansas. I hunt Kansas every year. My buddy Donovan uh, is down north of Salina, and uh, last year was the first year I think I didn't fill a deer tag. Uh, usually, I got a one fifty plus average down there, but uh, last year was just a weird year for me. I I took me forever to get my Iowa tag filled, and I'm in some of the best deer hunting country in the world i uh it just was a weird year for me i uh i i had a, a different year too i was hunting a really big deer in kansas um got a trail cam picture and i thought he was broke off oh. and so i was like you know i'm gonna kill the next good mature deer that i see and i ended up shooting a beautiful 145 inch nine point that's a good deer. just a gorgeous deer yeah and uh and then uh literally the deer uh that I was hunting wasn't broke off and my buddy ended up killing him during rifle season. No kidding. So I don't know what, what the deer was that I have a picture of that was broke off, but it's a twin, yeah. <laughs> it's an absolute twin to the one that I was chasing. Oh, that's, so. that happens. Good morning, David. Good morning, Gary. Thank you, Gary. I, uh, Hey, I had a, I had the same buck, Chris. I've never in, in how long have I been hunting? 34 years of bow hunting. I've never had the same opportunity at a, at a buck five times and I was rattling and decoying last year on one of my buddy Wyckoff Andy Wyckoff's one of my friends he lets me hunt his farm and I had a 150 plus come in five times on uh, throughout like three or four days and that deer I was self-filming for the tv show and this is my first full year on respect to game tv on the sportsman's channel I'm, I'm part of the mm-hmm. show there and um I wanted to do a good job for Larry and the guys. I just, you know, I don't want to be taking shots that, you know, I, I talk, I've been doing the radio show for 24 years. I always tell everybody, you want to take a quartering away shot, a broadside, you know, a quartering two shot. It, it, you know, you really rarely want to take that shot unless you have the right, just the right angle, you know, and you, but you want to, you want to make sure whatever you do on TV, you, when people watch that, it's not only entertaining, but they're learning something and you're, they want, I want people to show, I want to show them that I hunt ethically every time I go out. I want I don't anything that would ever hurt our sport. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, so, so I'm really cautious about that. I, you know, and I, t- I, I've been doing TV now for 20, 20 years and you know, it's cost me animals over the years, but never the same buck five times. I kept waiting for him to turn to give me the right angle because, you know, the camera angle is always different from my hunting angle. It's always off to the side a few degrees, you know. So what the camera's showing you is not what I'm seeing. See, you know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. And, and, and it's like. It's a whole different animal. Right. And I'm sitting there going, I'm trying to self-film, which I hate. I hate filming deer hunts by myself. I hate it. And it's like, man, would you just stop for three seconds and give me that shot? And. I, I was showing the guys the footage and Larry, Larry calls me a professional deer watcher now because he goes, Dan, you should have killed him here. You should have got him there. I said, Larry, 
I didn't, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to film and, and bow hunt at the same time. And I said, I just don't think I had the right angle. He goes, that was fine right there. So it's like, okay, fine. But I've, that deer just made an idiot out of me, man. <laughs> Is he still there? He's still, still pictures yeah, of him? yeah, he's still there. So he'll, he'll be bigger this year, but I told Larry, I've got a new motto this year. Shoot off, shoot soon or no shoot early and often. That's my new motto. So you run out of arrows. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just kidding. I I, I you know <laughs> I I have always ever since I picked up my bow. I you know I've always I I was raised that you you do everything you can to take that animal quickly and humanely as possible. You know that's our responsibility as a hunter. And I I've always even on you know through radio and TV I've always tried to hold to that code because I I want to honor my family. You know. Oh, absolutely. And, and the yep. animal. Yeah, I want to honor that animal. Yep, we do. I mean, that's like with the smallmouth up here. A lot of people don't realize these really big smallmouth, you know, 12 to 20 years old. That's mm-hmm. why we do all catch and release. I, I understand that there's some that got to be harvested, but especially on those bigger fish and the bigger walleyes even, I'm sure you would say, you know, let the spawners go. Let them go reproduce and you know, yeah. and, and keep the keep the smaller eaters. Yeah, every anything over 18 or 19 inches on walleye I always put back. You know, I, I, yep. my two biggest walleye and I'm not bragging folks. It was all luck. I mean, I cannot take any skill off. I've caught, uh, a tw- I've caught 29 and a half, a 30, 30 and a half, 31 inch. And I think a 31 and a half up in all in Minnesota, uh, up. And that was at Lake of the woods and on uh little Winnie and, uh, up on leech. Those, those were, uh, and those are my biggest walleye and I threw them all back. I took pictures and yep. put them back. You need to come visit uh, Lake Erie there in the Detroit River. That's uh, that's a pretty sporty fishery right there. They get some giant walleyes there. Uh, t- hey, Chris, we're, we need to. I'm t- I mean that you put in for Iowa, and I'll uh, I'll come up there and do a little walleye fishing because I would love to catch me some big female walleyes. Absolutely, we can do it. Yeah. We can make it happen. All right. So, uh, uh, if some book you for a guide, how could they do that? Um, the best way, you know, go to my website, northernadventuresfishing.com, um, or you can call me, 231-620-7000. Uh-huh. Um, those are the, probably the two easiest ways. Shoot me an email or call me. Uh, I got my Facebook page, Northern Adventures Fishing. Um, that, those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Okay. Website, uh, Facebook, and, and my, my direct line. When are you going to start guiding heavy? Um, you know, I... As soon as the ice goes out, I'll get after it. Uh, so that, I think my first trip booked in April, so, you know, the end of April. And it, it really depends on the weather up here when that ice goes out. Last year, we could have started, and I was about to start uh, the end of March there. Our ice went out early, and then all of a sudden, uh, everything went south, and we got shut down. So, um, But this year, I don't think it's going to be the end of March this year. I think it'll be April. Okay. We've got quite a bit of ice up here right now. Can we, can we get you back on the show like in June or July? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Love to. Hey, and uh, we'll have to do it live from the water, though. Well, that's all right. Well, and we won't keep you on as long. We'll just have you on for 15 or 20 minutes and you can tell us what's going on. But uh, if you're not booked up or something, maybe July or maybe we can slide up there and go fishing with you. Absolutely. We'll just put it in the books. We'll get a hold of each other after we get done here and uh, we'll make it happen. All right. We'll work in Polly with you. Uh, hey, Butsky, if uh, he's watching us right now, Butsky, you up for going up to Michigan in July, man? We'll work it out. 
Yeah, Paul can help me how to call in turkeys while we're doing that, too. We need to get a May for a cast and blast. Oh, I'm telling you, that would be awesome. So, hey, Chris, I want to thank you for coming almost an hour with us this morning. Uh, Really good fun, and uh, I learned some stuff, and you're welcome back anytime. Hey, Paul says he's in. (laughs) (laughs) I knew he would be. (laughs) Yeah, that'll work great. So uh, stay in touch, and uh, and are you going turkey hunting? Am I? Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm actually getting ready to go into a wrestling tournament. Oh, well, you go do uh, that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're going to go turkey hunting in April or May. Uh, I hope so. Our, we are uh, in uh, Kansas, and our wrestling season is going to run into the, the first weekend of April. So all my spring break plans with my wife got canceled, so we're probably going to that might get. Uh, I might have to take the wife on a trip. Where are you so, going? Where are you going? I, to, where do you hunt in Kansas at? Uh, I hunt southeast Kansas. Okay, down around the Independence area. Well, that they still so, got a lot of birds, man. You can get out there in a morning. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but I gotta, I gotta take Mama somewhere warm. My well, wife likes to stay warm, and there's not very many palm trees in Kansas. Oh, palm so. trees! I can't help you with that in Kansas fields. <laughs> I can help you with not palm trees. No, I hear you. I hear you there. <laughs> hey, Chris, you be good. Thank you so much, and good luck at your tournament this morning. All right. Thanks, Dan. Have a great day. You too, buddy. There he goes, Chris Knopfsinger. Really, really good guy. Paul Buskey likes him. He's he, I give him two antlers way up already. All right, 748 and some change. Let me take a real quick break. Uh, hey, you know what? Before I do, let me tell you about Herman's Fine Jewelers. Donnie and Frank, I was out there the other day, and I got Jenny told me she wanted a charm bracelet for valentine's day so i said you know what i got it handled uh hey janet good to see you man or ma'am <laughs> for down there in georgia good to see you come on man i know i can't read my i don't have my cheat my glasses on so uh i said I, I got it covered so i went over to donnie and frank's at herman's fine jewelers and i said uh the wife wants a charm bracelet for valentine's day so she, uh, uh, Donnie's daughter comes out and they had like these two big containers full of charm bracelets. And I got her one of the nicest, uh, silver charm bracelets that, uh, and you know what that I, I've been telling you for years, they make dreams come true. They make the, if you want to make a, a, a memory or if you need to make a splash on a special occasion, Herman's fine jewelers is the place to go. Whether it's for a birthday, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, or just a special occasion, if uh, ten thousand diamonds and mountings and stocks, you know, hey, you know, you feeling like popping the question? Great t- place to do it is Herman's Fine. Well, don't propose at Herman's. Just go get your get your engagement ring and everything at Herman's. Twenty nine hundred University in West Des Moines. If you want to propose at Herman's, you can. I think Donnie and Frank would be all about that. They're family owned. They like family. They've been helping Iowans for 39 years, and they'll help you too. They've got in-store jewelry repair. They've also a, a, pl- a way for you to make money. If it's laying around that you just don't wear anymore and you're tired of uh, just taking up space, well, hey, you might need some arrows. <laughs> Thank you, Janet. I appreciate that. You might, Hey, you might need some turkey broadheads. Well, go to Herman's and trade in your jewelry, and they'll give you more than what you would get from somebody that hasn't been part of the community for 29, thir- I'm sorry, 39 years. Herman's Fine Jewelers. Tell them Outdoors Dan sent you. We'll be right back on 1350 ESPN. This is on Des Moines Sports Leader, 1350 ESPN. Say yes together or the way 
All right, welcome back to Waking Up the Outdoors with Outdoors Dan on 1350 SBN. Uh, ice fishing report real quick. Blackhawk is reporting 13 inches in front of the ice house. They said that the black crappie are fair, perch are fair, walleye, bluegill are fair. Waxies and small jigs fish in three to six feet of water producing fish there. Yellow perch are fair, walleye are fair, bluegills are fair. Uh, walleye, you're going to find them in about areas up to 25 feet of depth of water. Storm Lake. Fair, walleye are fair, crappie are fair. Uh, ice thickness is about 11 to 18 inches there. Clear Lake, same, about 14 to 18 inches of ice there. Perch bite is excellent on Clear Lake. Crappie and gills are slow, though. Lake, uh, starting about 19 inches. The perch are fair. Gills are good. Just use caution around some of the areas of the Great Lakes up there. Big Creek Lake. Crappie bite is fair. Wipers are fair. Jigging, spinals, or minnow heads, still the best bait to try in the creek channels. Three-mile ice, so you're looking at 4 to 11 inches on the main boat ramp, north ramp. Gill, the gill, bluegill bite is good, up to 9 inches, or 8 and a half to 9. Walleye are slow. Crappie are fair. 12-mile, bluegill are fair. Crappie are fair. And uh, most, of the, most of the fish are being caught around the brush tree brush piles and... Jigging spoons and soft plastics and wax worms are the best baits to true or to, to try to use. How about that? Fishing report pretty quick. Good morning, Charles. Hey, Clue Patch. Good morning, buddy. All right, we're going to head out of here. And when we come back, Larry McCoy, Larry Mack, we're going to have a Larry Mack schwack when we come back here on 1350 ESPN. We'll be right back, folks. Hang on. Welcome back to hour number two, Waking Up the Outdoors at Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. Hour number two is brought to you in part by good friends out of the lead archery. Have you taken the shootability challenge yet? I have, and if you haven't, you need you owe it to yourself to go to your nearest elite dealer. Uh, you got two great choices here in central Iowa, Archery Field and Sports over in Altoona, Sportsman's Warehouse in Ankeny. And I would strongly urge you to try the uh, a couple different bows. The Ember, if you're on a, a budget, the Ember is a great choice. Larry... Shot several birds with that ember last year. Uh, great, great bow on a budget. Uh, I would urge you to try the Encore or the Remedy. I'm shooting the Remedy. I had I had the Encore buck last fall with the Encore. And great bow. Um, but I, I have fallen in love. As much as I love my Cure, uh, that Elite Cure, that's what I got my elk with last year. That Remedy is even better. And I, I don't know how they keep doing it every year. But I, I told Larry, I said, whenever the new bows come out this fall, do not be in a hurry about getting me a new bow. I'm going to shoot my Remedy the whole year. I That is the smoothest pulling bow I've ever shot in, in my life. I, I'm i not kidding you. And with me having a shoulder problem, my shoulders, uh, I've got arthritis in there from that rotator cuff surgery. That, that bow, I can pull that bow back at almost full draw weight, full peak weight, and it doesn't hurt my shoulder. Um, where before, I'd always have to take two turns off. Unbelievable, unbelievable, uh, They that Elite Remedy. Go check them out, and once you take that shootability challenge, you'll understand what I'm talking about. All right, uh, my next guest is uh, the meet for the outdoor Manchester. If you've heard of uh, custom bow equipment, slick trick broadheads, winter choice strings, lead archery, 
Uh, what am I missing? Scott Archery releases, uh, Larry director for all those brands. He's also the main host of respect the game TV who I work for, which is not always easy. Trust me. It's not Larry McCoy's on, on the deck. How you doing there? Larry Mack. Doing good. Doing good. How you doing, Dan? Thanks um, for having me on, man. Yeah, I'm good. They're making fun of me. Uh, <laughs> we were just, we were poking a little bit. We yeah. were talking about how many donuts you ate this morning. No, I know what uh, I heard. I heard the old, Hey, welcome to this week's edition. Of I heard. Oh, did, oh, did you hear that? I heard did it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, it's outdoors, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I could broadcast and make sense. Yeah. It was a good thing. Andrew, you're fired, man. <laughs> you're fired. There you go. Yeah. So, hey, I just had uh, Chris Knopfsinger uh, on. He is a smallmouth guide up in Michigan. Yeah. And Shaw Grigsby asked me to have him on, and I was doing the show this morning, and Paul Buskey, and you know who Paul is. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Paul, Paul also knows Chris, and we got invited to go up to Michigan and go smallmouth fishing with him and uh, with him and Paul. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that's. I love to to rip a lip or two, and and smallmouth is uh, obviously I don't get a chance to do it as much uh, down here in Missouri, but the uh, uh, smallmouth fishing anyway. And when I do, it's just in the in the streams. But it'll, but being able to do that would be that would be a uh, be awesome time for sure. Well, I'm thinking we get up there and do a little smallmouth fishing, and maybe get into some salmon too. Some salmon. Yeah. Yeah, heck yeah! You know, I'll be I'll be all about it. Hey, whatever. If it's flowing around, because uh, usually they got a mouth open for me, but uh, that's all right. I like just like them the turkeys, you know. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are like, "Oh man, that's a that's a uh, that looks like a two year old." Yes, perfect. No, that's not a lot of people. You're talking about Philip Vanderpool. Oh, uh, yeah, come on, be on. Yeah, that I don't know, folks. That that turkey just—I don't quite ready yet. I need another year. I think we need to let him go another year. That old sad daddy gobbler needs just a one more year for me to get the old PVD revenge on him. I I think that's what we're going to do. No, I'll tell you right now, boy. If if one comes in, he's gobbling his brains out. It's it's something. Yeah, fills the whole back. He, yeah. he's uh, a. <laughs> I, I, when it comes to turkeys, excited. yeah. If it comes to turkeys, I'm not picky, man. If it's a legal bird, I'm shooting. Yeah, well, you you bow hunt them a lot too, and and uh, so yeah, I mean sometimes your your opportunities can be limited. Yeah, uh, and and there's you know nothing against. Uh, I'd love to go. Oh, you know, I'll go hunt them anyway. To be honest with you, I've I've, I've shot them with shotguns, and I just I just love to be out there doing them, calling them, and uh, you know, kind of beating them at their own game. Yeah, is uh is what's so awesome about it, and also you know who doesn't like to come home with a. Uh, with some turkey meat, and also, you know, if you're lucky enough, some merle mushrooms. Or uh, here in Missouri, you can't hunt all day, so in the afternoon, you usually go try try to hit the banks for some crappie or something that well, time of year. Yeah, you know, that was the thing I enjoyed the most about hunting back in Missouri last year with Kent. Uh, we got done at noon. Uh, you can you can hunt till one though, right? In the yeah. one o'clock. Yeah, one um, o'clock. Yep. Yeah, we were done most of the days by noon, but. After we got done turkey hunting, Kent and I were checking his mushrooms. That was awesome. Yeah. 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 It's like you, you can make a full day of being outside, you know, <laughs> uh, which is in that time of year. And I, I'm looking forward to it. This weather's got me. I'm, I'm, I'm over it right now, you know. 
uh, with all the snow and this cold weather. Yeah. Um, I'm itching to get out and do some walking around the woods, go find some sheds and, and stuff for sure. Yeah. Uh, actually, the Iowa Deer Classic is coming up too, so uh, yep. I'll be up there. Yeah, there as well. So. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Good morning, Colin. Uh, mid, Capital Callers of Delta Waterfowl. Next event is going to be the 27th at the Isaac Walton League, Saturday the 27th. If you want more information, give uh, go look online at Capital Waterfowl. Thanks, Colin. Good morning, uh, Dan, up in Wisconsin. Appreciate you checking us out on Facebook Live. Thank you for that. So, Larry Mack, uh, before we t- we got to talk deer classic a little bit before we get you out of here today. Uh, but let's start talking about turkey broadheads. Um, uh, you mm-hmm. know, we're not that far away from the season. Hey, uh, before even that, talk about that ember. Uh, I was talking about that at the start of the second hour. You know, that ember. Most most bow companies, their price point bow is or entry level bow, however you want to say it. You know, you don't usually have a lot of the features that you do with the flagship bows. But that ember, if I remember correctly, has the same limbs that we have on our on our cure and encores and stuff, right? Yeah, the ember is a it's what I I feel like in my opinion, it's a uh it's a best in class product right there. Uh just for for simple reasons of it has aluminum limb pockets. Uh and usually it's not <clears throat> you can consider it a entry-level bow based on its price but last year turkey season i i, I turkey hunted with it well that's why i, I told everybody out. yeah yeah i went out and turkey hunted with it and the bow shoots phenomenal but one thing that intrigued me about that when i was from the engineers up at elite and stuff they were like they were so passionate about making sure that they build a bow within that price range that had the same features uh as as the uh flagship bows right so being able to use a cable stop or limb stop is huge because a lot of bows in that price range are just a cable stop bow, which what that means is whenever you get back, because at the lower poundages, you get a really soft back wall. It's not, it's not really, you know, you can't really be consistent. And if I, if I do have a, a kid or just, you know, want to start getting into archery, you know, have being able to adapt a limb stop on there, put the draw link exactly where they need it. So they can see what a boat's truly supposed to feel like when it fits you. Uh, you know, you you get all of those features with a bow. Uh, you know that that's highly affordable, especially when you buy a package. Uh, yeah. The package. There's a lot of great bows out there, uh, for sure. I just I feel like the Ember is a best in class product. Uh, you know, in that range. Well, Mark Mark at Archery Field and Sports and Sportsman's, whenever they get them in, they're gone. They're immediately gone. They can't keep them in stock. That tells you something right there. So. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been uh, it's been received really, really well. Yep. Uh, I was actually just up in Yankton, South Dakota, last week, and there was a pro archery tournament, and uh, uh, there's there were some kids up there, some youth uh, up there shooting shooting competition. There. So uh, that that should tell you right there. The bow's accurate. The bow, the big cutting corn has aluminum limb pockets. It's it's a solid little little unit. And I like I said, I turkey hunted with it last year. Uh, you know, I I uh, I took the draw link out to, uh, as far as it would go and, and went out and shot a turkey with it. And it's really nice, compact and, and, and both shoots great. Yeah. So turkey season's coming up and I've been a fixed broadhead guy for 30 something years. I, 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 I just, there's nothing really to malfunction on a fixed broadhead. Um, you, you don't have to worry about something not deploying penetration wise and stuff, but I, I hunted for the first time, um, uh, 
probably in 17, 18 years, I tried a, a mechanical again. I tried that Raptor trick from Slick Trick, and I mm-hmm. harvested my Missouri bird with that. Um, it kind of changed my mind on some stuff, Larry Mack. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel the exact same way. I've always been a really, really lean towards the side of fixed blades, I guess. You yeah. know, I wasn't afraid to go try something, but I was. There was just less that could go wrong, and then, then when uh, Slick Trick developed Raptor Trick, there's just it's a very the best way to say it, it's very simple and effective head. Uh, when you think about how a ferrule is supposed to be developed, uh, the single beveled uh, offset, the blade, just just little details in there that makes that broadhead perform uh, really, really well. And I've had tremendous success with it. And then this year, uh, we get the best of both worlds. We uh, uh, Slick Trick released a, a fixed head, a th- their first three-blade, solid steel construction head, uh, so there's no blades, just machined out of one solid piece. Uh, it's called the SS3, uh, and they fly extremely well. I had the opportunity to to shoot them a little bit uh, this last fall. And then there's another mechanical head called the Assailant. Yeah, and it is a more of a hybrid style head uh, with a with a really cut on contact design. Uh, has a seven eighths bleeder with an inch and three quarter deployable blades. Uh, all steel construction, just and they're very very durable. Uh, when I went down with the small town hunting guys, we went down to uh, Mexico to deer hunt uh, on a management hunt, and uh, we all were, were shooting those assailants, and and was just overwhelmed by the performance. They they performed great, well, and flew really really good. Yeah, you were raving about how they how accurate they were. And I haven't, I, Larry, you showed me that broadhead last year when you were up here deer hunting with me. But I I haven't got the chance to shoot that, folks. But that with that being a fixed and a mechanical hybrid, um, you know, turkeys. There's three shots I like taking on a turkey. The first one is either broadside going up straight up the leg in the upper third of the bird. If you look at a turkey, if you ever look at a mounted turkey or look at a, a some video of a turkey, you'll see a, a line that goes from like the base of their head all the way throughout their body, that it's up in the upper third of the bird, that, that feather line. Um, if you go straight up that leg, if that turkey's broadside and you go about two inches toward the head and that upper third, that's where that vital pocket's usually sitting. And if you hit that thing on, the other one is if they're strutting in straight or walking in straight to you, and if you shoot two inches above the beard, that's a deadly shot. Uh, the mm-hmm. third one is that Texas heart shot. If they're, there's no other way to say it to be if they're in full strut and their tail fans up, God gave you a bullseye. <laughs> Use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I don't know how else to say it, Larry Mack, but that, I mean, that's, that's a Texas heart shot. I never came out with that name, but that's what people call it. Um, yeah. and the, yeah. other, the other way is the one that like we were doing, uh, last year a lot, you especially, uh, was head shooting them with that, with that decap, that solid mm-hmm. decap broadhead. Um, mm-hmm four ways or I think the highest percentage shots that you can take on a turkey but that assailant with that being a fixed and a mechanical hybrid I, you know that's going to slow down a little bit when it hits that bird and put more of a kinetic or thump on that turkey and but you're still going to get the penetration to do what it needs to do to harvest that bird yeah but no absolutely and, and you know I've had a lot of success shooting a solid decap uh you know, and it, it did take a little bit of figuring out. I mean, you've got, you have to be committed to it mm-hmm. uh, when you're going to hunt with that style. But it, you know, you have to shoot a, a really stiff arrow. It's got to be longer than, you know, sticking out the front of your riser. So to make sure you're safe, you're not going to, because it is a, a, 
uh, you know, a four inch cut di- uh, you know, broadhead, but also it, it really forces you to, to be better in a lot of ways because the birds usually getting closer, uh, which, which I like. And, and, you know, there's a, I messed up a lot of days, you know, uh, you know, just like any other hunter and you just got to learn from them. You know, I used to watch the, you know, the gentleman you mentioned earlier back in the Paul Budsky and, and, uh, you know, even the Phil Vanderpools and stuff, you know, go out and they're about as, you know, as good as they, they get when it comes to calling turkeys in and, and, you know, in tough situations and the bird, uh, how to call. So learning a lot like, uh, of those little things like that to get them in to close that distance to put them in, in a, that effective range is, is of the utmost importance. But you talked about shooting them in the body with a bow. That's great. And you have a lot of different angles, but you have a really small kill zone, yeah. uh, you know, vital area on the turkey. And especially if they're in full strut, that turkey appears a lot bigger, bigger than what it is from a body standpoint. So sometimes it could be tough to pick a spot. So it, it is kind of a mental challenge, I guess, to really break down your shot process and making sure you're picking a spot yep. versus just putting a pin on there. Because there's, there's a lot of times, too, you know, coming up through the years where I've right and I go back and try to relive the situation or, or watch the footage. I'm like, wow, that was horrible. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, I just but but it happens. And that's what makes it fun. And shotgun hunting, too. I mean, I, I, I love the. Uh, and, and uh, you know, shoot them with a shotgun. Shoot them with a shotgun as well. Well, you know, when you're shot, when you're running and gunning with a shotgun, I mean, you you know, you get the you know, a lot of fo- that's a great hunt. I suck at it to be honest with you. I miss more birds with a shotgun than I ever have with a bow. That's why I don't do it anymore. But you know, a lot of folks want to you know, you get a gel you know, jelly their head at 30, 20, 25 yards. I mean, that bird flops right there. It's it's a it's a it's a great hunt. Um, yeah, that, I, that's to jellying their head with a shotgun is like decapping them with a bow. It's the same, pretty much the same thing that if you hit that bird, it's over that bird's not, it's the most humane kill there is. I mean, there's it's over with, and you don't have to worry about running down your bird. I mean, uh, all of us last year on our game, I mean, when we got them, they didn't go a foot. I mean, it was, it's done. And if, but if you miss the birds, there's nothing wrong with the bird. The bird's perfectly fine. Yes. That's, Yep, you're 100% correct. That's one reason why I really gravitated to it as well. Uh, you know, because if you do connect uh, with that, uh, your your very high, high percentage that that, that bird's going to be laying right there, right yep. there where you hit him. Yep. And so, obviously, you want to be as ethical as you can out there with, the, you know, with a bird in that tie. You don't want to wound any birds or, or anything. You're out there to to have fun and have a great experience and and. It is what you make it, so we got to do our part to to do what we're comfortable with. Yeah, I want to have fun and I want to be good ethical, but I want to eat. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I exactly. want some. I want some fresh wild turkey strips and nuggets, man. Come on. Yeah, I know. I, I look in the mirror. I was like, ooh, I got some quarantine rolls going on. We're about to come up with a new name for that sushi roll. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and you're right. You know, you're looking at a t- wild turkey. You're looking at the vitals about the size of a softball. So, I mean, your margin for error is not that great when you're bow hunting. I mean, you really got to know your vital area. Yeah, for sure. But but you know, there's nothing like, uh, in my opinion, the spring. You know, you this period right now, you're out looking for you know for antlers and stuff, and then that you know the warm days and the birds are coming alive. The mornings waking up and 
hearing that first gobble, it just, uh, boy, it changes things in a hurry. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can't wait to get out and go catch a fish. You can, I mean, literally, you can just, it just gets you right back in the, in the mood to outside. Well, it's, you know, you, and, it's, it's the, it's the triple three. It's crappie, turkeys, and morel mushrooms. It's, it's the trifecta of spring, in my opinion. Yep. 100%. Yep. I've left, uh, I've, I've seen some, uh, morel mushrooms, you know, moving in on a bird or whatever to, to set up and, and actually left part of my gear there so I could find them again, so I could, so I could find them again on the way back out. Well, you're a better man than me because if I'm walking to where I'm hunting and if I come across mushrooms, I'm done turkey hunting for a while. I'm I'm picking mushrooms. Oh, if I got a bird goblin, it's, it's <laughs> nose down, and I'm 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 moving to him. we're visiting with larry mccoy larry is the media director for the outdoor group he's also the main honcho on respect the game tv larry hang on i gotta take a real quick break we'll be right back on 1350 espn it's outdoors dan on 1350 espn all right welcome back to waking up Dan on 1350 ESPN. My guest is Larry McCoy from Respect the Game TV and the Outdoor Group. So, Larry Mack, the Deer Classic's coming up. You're going to be up here styling and profiling for folks? Uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it, uh, getting out and, and uh, you know, talking to people, seeing everybody again. You know, it's been been rough uh, not being able to open and all this due to, due to the uh, whole COVID uh, experience, but... Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, looking forward to definitely seeing people up there and, and talking some hunting. Yeah, now we're going to be giving away a Cookies Barbecue hunting package. Uh, are you part of the Sauce Squad? If you're not, you need to be. We're going to give away four Cookies Barbecue Sauce travel packs, and I'm excited about that, Larry, because those are awesome. Yeah. And, and, oh yeah. And then we're going to give a, we're going to give away a brand new uh, Elite Bow. So you'll be able to register for that. We've got a game high to limitic package to give away, which is going to be cool. That's a couple hundred bucks right there by itself. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, well, it's got cookies, barbecue sauce and stuff in it. So that's priceless. Yeah. Uh, there's like, you heard me. I mean, you can't beat cookies. <laughs> I've, uh, you turned me on to cookies, uh, and speed and the crew up there. I had the, the uh, pleasure going up and, and touring the factory last summer and uh, i was just totally impressed just great people and and what a product yeah well we're going to be doing that again in june so you better better start on a diet because I, n- I never seen anybody take a whole slab of ribs stick them in their mouth and pull out just bones like larry mccoy did last year that was crazy. Talent, talent dan talent <laughs> talent <laughs> It's all <laughs> yeah, him and Ryan, <laughs> him and Ryan blocked me out, man. They wouldn't let they wouldn't let me near the ribs at all. It was it was it was horrible. <laughs> oh yeah, they were absolutely sweet and cooked a slab of ribs uh, with some of the different sauces, and and I was a professional taste tester. Yeah, it well, was, it's, uh, it's it hard not. Great. It's hard not to do that up there with Speedy. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. For sure. I'm looking forward to it, Larry. I mean, uh, now I did. Uh, Steve over there at, at Iowa Show Productions texted me on one of my threads yesterday. Uh, Going to be suggested, but not required at the event. So if someone's, if you want to wear a mask, uh, you know, just make sure. Here's the big thing: I, we'll have hand sanitizer and stuff at the, at the booth, and you know, just try to we'll out a little bit and. But we want people to enjoy themselves and come out and, you know, welcome and do what makes you feel comfortable. Right, Larry Mack? Yeah, 
Absolutely. You know, go, go there, have fun, enjoy getting out and getting some fresh air, uh, you know, as things are opening back up. Yeah, and it's, re- it's your discretion. If, if you, yeah, if you want to wear a mask, uh, put a mask on. And, and you know, it's, it's literally, uh, you know, kind of up to you. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, as long as we're being safe and, 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 and stuff, I'd, I'd get out and, and see everybody and, and, uh, you know, talk some hunting, some fishing or anything outdoors, really. Uh, you know, because it's, you know, it's been a while. That's what we need. And, and I think, you know, with all the snow that's on the ground right now, I think people are really itching to get out and go find some sheds as well. So, uh, I'm anxious to see some of the sheds that, that people find and bring in and some of the deer and everything else that we always, uh, that, that, you know, the Iowa deer classics known for, you know, seeing everybody's deer pictures. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fun. All right. Well, listen, thanks for getting on here and talking a little, uh, hunting and stuff with us this morning. And, uh, you will will be at the Sportsman's Warehouse booth. They're actually got four booths this year, which is they're going to be doing some different stuff. And I know I'm excited about that. Come out and see Larry and I, and uh, put in for the drawing. We'll we'll draw that on Sunday, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, Larry Mac. Yes, it is. I'm looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Someone wants to check out Respect the Game TV. How can they do that? Yeah, they can go to the website Respect the Game uh, Respect the Game TV. Uh, the Instagram handle, just Respect to Game TV. Facebook's the same, Respect to Game TV. Uh, you can go to my page, give it a follow, or go subscribe to our YouTube channel, Yeah, uh, which is Respect to Game TV. There's uh, always fresh content going up there and, and some new stuff that's going to be coming up, too. We're, we're getting in the pipeline to, to get out there. So uh, a lot of good stuff coming. Uh, just go over there and subscribe as well, and uh, and hopefully we can... Uh, you can watch some of our shenanigans going on. Yeah. And I just told everybody there's several new Turkey hunts on there that, uh, Paul and Ryan just put up that, you know, what a great, great way to get ready for the spring Turkey season. You know, I like watching, uh, different content like that so I can, you know, learn where to aim and just pick up different tips real quick. Yeah. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff through this spring. I think Paul, there's actually going to be some predator hunts and stuff like that on there as well. Paul's probably out this morning in Oklahoma. Uh, chasing some coyotes around uh so yeah i mean we're we're staying after it we're uh you know we're just going to keep the content coming and as the spring you're going to start seeing more and more of it uh so uh so yeah it'd be a good idea to subscribe uh we'll probably run some contests and stuff over there as well uh as the year starts to progress yeah and then larry and i are doing a new podcast that's always been fun doing that with you if you go to, uh, you can go look that up on Facebook or you can go look it up on my outdoorsdan.com. I've got a link right there. It's called All Outdoors and Larry Mack. And we just had Jonathan Van Dam on. We had, uh, who's your who's your country singer, buddy, we just had on? Oh, Brian Callahan. Brian right. Callahan was on. Yeah, he's a, he's a great, uh, he's a good friend and also, a, you know, just a good hunter. The outdoorsman loves the outdoors. Yep. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, we've got, we'll have a good lineup of folks uh, to visit with on there as well. Yeah. We had speed on for one and then we just did one with the guys from fourth arrow. So there's four of them, uh, that'll be up by next week for you to listen to. And we got some, Larry, it's all Larry folks. It's just, I'm just there to help guide the thing, but Whatever, it's, all, it, yeah. it's all Larry, man. Uh, yeah. no, it's not all, it's not all me, but I will, <laughs> I do want to bring a point before I get off here. Yeah. You said earlier. Yeah. Larry showed me those broadheads last last year. Well, I showed them to him last year, uh, and then he forgot, and then he forgot about them. So I had to show him again, <laughs> and then he forgot that I showed him, and then I had to show him again. What's your point? 
I was just saying. So pretty much, we went through a whole pack right there. By hey, the way, that's what I'm saying. Hey, I showed you hey. one, two, three. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I don't mind forgetting about stuff because that way there's always something new to see. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's like I got to carry. I got to carry around the t- the the whole. You got every every time I come up there, I got to carry something so I can show them again. I'm like, well, what did I show them last time? I'm sure you forgot. I better show them again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Larry Mack. Thanks for coming on this morning, Pubba. All right. Thanks for having me, Dan. Every day. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out. All right, buddy. Always willing to help. We'll talk to you soon, Larry Mack. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye, buddy. There he goes, Larry Mack. Larry Mack Schwack. All right. It's 831 and some change. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Parker. Hey, Parker. Good to see you. We'll be right back on 1350 ESPN. This is Outdoors Dan on Des Moines Sports Leader, 1350 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Waking Up the Outdoors at Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. Smelter's on the line. We'll see what's going on over there at the Rock. Good morning, Smelter. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. Enjoying the weather finally. Yeah, there you go. Hi, Ron to Vanderpool. Hit. Hit PVD upside the head for me, please. Wop. Just give me an old slap upside the head. So, uh, I went down to the, I went to Carl Chevrolet the other day to wash my truck and you guys were not open because it was like six below. What's the deal, man? Well, we just don't want your truck to freeze in the car wash. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, anything on, below man. 20 degrees, we, we close it down. I need to get some of that soft off, man. It's, yeah, I, I, you know, I, it's supposed to warm up to like 40 degrees. I've been feeding the deer behind the house for the last two, three weeks. It's, it's yeah. killing me. I'm, it's like 300. <laughs> it's like, I bet you I'm up to four or 500 bucks in corn already, <laughs> but I feel bad. For them. I got, I got seven to 10, 11 deer coming in almost every night. Any bucks or they drop their horns? No, there's, there's some nice, but actually a couple of nice bucks that have been coming in. I found one shed already. And yeah. Raven was all over that. I didn't even get it in the house and the dog had it. So I bet Raven found it. No, Raven didn't find it. I've, we've got that, we've got that invisible fence deal, uh, that, uh, that Chris put in for me. So Raven can't go all the way back to where the end of my property oh, is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but, uh, I mean, we got more snow coming in Tuesday, which I hope they're wrong. We don't need any more snow. Yeah, but it should be pretty warm. So I don't think it'll stick around for very long. I hope not. I'm sick of it. Green grass and. You know, once we start getting up in the 40s and stuff, I'll quit feeding the deer. They won't need the help. But, uh, you know, just trying to help them out a little bit right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, that goes a long ways for those so, yeah. because they, they expect it. So they can yeah. find it easily. Yeah. So, hey, what's going on at The Rock, man? Uh, I got some more inventory this week. That's kind of the, just the big news. The rebates are still really, really good through the end of the month. You got 0%. You got rebates. Um, I probably have... Oh, let me see out there. Eight to ten Silverados now. I know okay. that sounds like not very many, but <laughs> compared to what I've been used to over the last few weeks or a couple months, it's 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 building up nicely. So we're we're starting to get some more inventory in, and and the plants are or the the manufacturers that are building them, um, they're moving at a good pace. So they're at uh, full capacity, and any issues with COVID or anything that we've we've been aware of over the last few months. So inventory is 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 building and arriving in a timely manner so it's it's going nice there you go that's exciting uh yeah. all right so you got stock a little you got uh come in there and get an order you got what's the re, what's the zero percent for is that was did i see 72 months again yeah you can do zero zero percent for 72 months i was working on an equinox with um 
uh, with a customer yesterday, and they did 0% for 72 months, plus you get rebates too. So some vehicles out there have um, double you know, incentives. So you got 0% and you get a little bit of rebates too, which um, normally is not the case. Usually right. it's one or the other. Yeah, so, that's but, a great um, deal. Yeah. So the, the Equinoxes have that. The Blazers have that. So if you're looking for an SUV of some sort, um, those are some really nice choices to uh, to get great incentives on. Okay, and then uh, do you still? What do you got for giveaways? Still, you got coffee and uh, I got, got coffee. Mobile repair company swag. Yep. Uh, last week for um, Deer Classic tickets, tickets, so tickets. We'll have to connect for some of those here this week. And then he also came out for um, oh your knife. I had a visitor for the knife. So <laughs> for the knife, I didn't hide it with you. You did not. It was funny because he came up and he asked for me at the showroom. And I wasn't then expecting anybody. And he says, Outdoors Dan says um, he hit a knife. Uh, it, it might be here. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. That and was, I didn't get a chance to read your post that day. And I, I'm like, let I, me just read this real quick. Yeah, I did a treasure <laughs> hunt this week. But I, it, yeah. I didn't give any clues to say to go see you. Did I give? Did I leave Deer Classy tickets with you? No, no no tickets. Well, how did they? why did they come to get Deer Classy tickets then? Well, he said a couple weeks. I chatted about it on the radio that said you were going to be dropping some off. So oh. he just was in the area with, he just asked at the same time as well. So. Okay. So, well, if, if I, I got to see how many extra ones I got, if I do, I'll bring some out. Okay. Perfect. Okay. All right. All right. Tell them where they can find you. 1101 Southeast or labor at the rock. And I'll be here till 6 PM today. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Joe. Yep. There he goes. Smoking Joe Smelter. Yeah, okay, so the big treasure hunt, this is what I did. I, I felt bad for everybody because everybody was cooped up and the weather was just was stinky. So I took a work sharp sharpener and a, one of my Kershaw knives, and I went and I hid it somewhere in Des Moines. And I gave out clues every day. And uh, the, the LC, we call her LC, she actually found it. But um, – she did it in four clues in four days. She found it. I, and I, what I did is I took it out to the eyes and I hit it in the archery range in the second target. I buried it underneath there. And, uh, I mean, I thought I was given okay clues, but I thought they were just a little bit vague cause I wanted to stretch it out, but she nailed it in four days. And what's really cool about this, Larissa, I always mess up her name. It's it's we call her Larissa, but it's not Larissa. It's Larissa. Larissa. Yeah. Larissa LC. Yeah. <laughs> that way, I don't mess it up. See, but uh, what's really cool is she goes uh, and then she threw a trivia question back at me. Morning, Connie. Good. I can't wait to see you in a few weeks, kiddo. Morning, Justin. So she goes. Uh, who? Uh, I can't remember what she said, but she was asking me a trivia question about something monumental. It turns out. She lived. You ever seen a movie called The Monuments Men? If you don't know what that is, it's a, it's about it's a true story about a bunch of people in World War II that were art art experts that went into the service to go over to Europe to find all the art that Hitler stole from France and all these other art galleries and stuff. Elsie, there you go. She's listening. So she, uh, one of the guys, lived in Iowa. Was from Iowa. And she lives in his house. Well, it's not his house anymore. It's her house. But he it was his house. But so not only did she go out and find the Outdoors Dan treasure, but she lives in the house where a guy went and saved all that art uh, with him and all those other saved uh, all the uh, art thieves from Hitler um, in World War II. Is that not cool? I, I thought that was awesome. That's amazing. It is cool. So she was channeling 
Enter George. Because the guy's name was George. Well, yeah. I yeah. had to have. Yeah. So that's awesome. So um, she she found it. And it was I went and took it out, and I put it in the Isaac Walton League archery range. George Stout. Thanks, Elsie. Uh, I put it in the second target. And I figured, well, okay. So I gave out. It was like the, the, the treasures hidden in a place that I used to do case channel when i was on kcci channel eight year channel eight for six years i used to do outdoor stand segments out at waterworks all the time so i said i used you will find it close to where i did a lot of channel eight segments and then i said uh like uh the words park and flag will help lead your way so george flag parkway and then park avenue i thought i was doing okay but man four four clues she nailed it man I think she's just that good. I think you gave good enough clues. Well, Larry Vague says, enough. Larry says, he goes, man, you suck at giving clues. I said, well, yeah, apparently we, not. Cause she got it in four clues. He goes, well, you should have stressed it out longer. I said, man, I had so many people trying to cheat texting me. Hey, where's this, this there? I go, I can't tell you that that's cheating. You know, what are you going to do? Anyway, LC, congratulations, kiddo. That was awesome. So mailbag yeah let's do the mailbag i gotta do mailbag hey and also before you do mailbag next week is the big second amendment day at the capitol uh it's february 25th from noon to 4 30 this is the second i'm sorry this is the largest second amendment freedom rally organized in the state of iowa show up to support current events to push pro second amendment legislation very important with what's going on in washington right now folks we gotta we gotta do this uh, they're going to be there from 1.30 to 4.30. They're going to have leadership, guest speakers, IFC leadership, reps, NRA reps. Uh, last year, they had over 350 people. Let's double that this year, huh? Go talk to your Iowa legislators and make sure they're protecting our Second Amendment rights. No matter what they do in D.C., Iowa, we got to protect our rights, okay? Let's do that because what I saw on the news this week shocked me. And I'm not, I'm, you know me, I don't want to get into the political crap. But it's just, I'm, I've had enough. And uh, we got to protect our... Here's the thing. You can legislate anything you want. Are criminals going to listen to that? No. Law-abiding citizens are the only one are going to uh, st- gonna abide the law. Criminals are not. So these idiots in D.C., do you think they're going to... The, the, well, we're going to stop gun crime. How? Chicago's got the strictest gun laws in the, in the world. They still have the highest crime rate with guns. People that are bad people are not going to follow the law. You know what? I swear, if we sent a a goat up to D.C., they would do a better job than some of these people. I'm done. Go go next week to the Capitol on the 25th and help protect your Second Amendment rights. Okay? Rant over. All right. Hey, we got got trivia to do next. What else do I got to do? Mail. Oh, mailbag. Let's go do the mailbag. Thank you, Paula. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You've got mail. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna will. Jazzy ham. This week's mail is brought to you by Darren Eilander and Gary Wagner of American Family Insurance. Gary's retiring. This will be like Gary's last mention on the show. I'm going to miss you, Gary. Thank you for 12 or 13 years of partnership here on the show. 
Have a wonderful and blessed and long retirement, buddy. We're going to miss you, Wags. Uh, Darren's up in Ankeny. Gary's over in uh, West Des Moines. This week's question was brought to you is from Robert Dickinson of Des Moines. Dan, what is your go-to turkey spread? Robert, that is a great question. Robert, my go-to is I call the love triangle. The love triangle. I put a, a Jake at the apex of it, a feeding hen, and a alert hen. And I'll put those out in a little triangle area about 10, 12 yards out from my my uh, ground blind. And that has worked really well for me over the years. Uh, and uh, you know what? You can switch them up. Like this year, I'm going to have a, a feeding hen. I'm going to have a lay down hen. And then I'm going to have a breeding Jake over. I'm going to try that because that's some new uh, decoy thing that Dave Smith decoys came out with a couple years ago. I haven't seen it. I'm going to use it for the first time this year. But anyway, Robert. There you go. Now, if you want to win, he's going to win a, what are we giving away? We're giving away a work sharp, uh, sharpening system. That's like a hundred bucks. If you want to do that, just go to outdoorsdan.com. Look for the little cartoon mailbox on the homepage. Click on that. It'll bring up my email. Just shoot me an email, a question to read on the show or just say hi, whatever. But I need your name, address, phone number. If you do that, uh, you're going to win some nice swag just for saying, uh, sending me some mail. So there you go. We got mail. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, Trivia is next on 1350 ESPN. You're listening to Dan on 1350 ESPN. All right, that sound uh, can only mean one thing, the most anticipated underrated trivia game in the United States, the Outdoors Dan Trivia Challenge, 244-1350, 244-1350, and we'll get you right on. Easiest trivia game in the United States today. What legendary radio icon did we lose this week? If you know the answer. Give me a holler, and we will get you Iowa Deer Classic tickets or that number one gun oil cleaning kit. Trivia today is brought to you by the fine folks at Advanced Family Dentistry. Dr. Obi-Wan Kenobi, you have cavities, need a cleaning, you need to get uh, Invisalign, you want the smile you always wanted, you need a crown, you need a root canal, don't worry. Go to Advanced Family Dentistry. They are going to treat you with such care, you will not believe how... Going to the dentist is not going to be that big of a deal anymore. You don't have to live in fear or worry about experiencing pain. Go to Advanced Family Dentistry at 907 North Ankeny Boulevard. Dr. Obi-Wan Kenobi Yegi, Dr. Stewart, Dr. Williams, Dr. Brandt will take the best care of you you've ever had in your life. For an appointment, call 964-1490, or anytime at ankenysmiles.com. Tell them Outdoors Dan sent you, will you? That's where I go for all my dental needs. Let's go to the phones. Andrew, I think, has got everybody lined up. We're going to have to make this quick. This will be easy. We will make this easy, easy, easy. Come on, buddy. What do you got? Who we got? All right. Terry, is that Terry? All right. Let's go say hi to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Hi. How you doing, Dan? I'm good. What icon did we lose in the radio this week? Rush Limbaugh. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, Terry, you want to go to the Deer Classic or you want the number one gun oil? I want to go to the deer class. All right. We'll save two tickets for you, buddy. We'll call you after the show, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Appreciate you listening. All right. And up next, we have Mr. Jeff. Let's go see what Jeff is up to this morning. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. What radio is this week? We lost Mr. Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. It's sad to say we did lose Rush. You want to go to the deer classic, or do you want that number one uh, gun oil cleaning kit? I do want to go to the Classic. I've been trying for three weeks. Okay, well, you got it. You got a pair of tickets. We'll call you after the show, man. All right, thank you. 
All right, next caller, you got a free gun cleaning kit if you want it. 244-1350, 244-1350. That's what I use. It's one of the best kits you'll ever use. And it's you can use it on your fishing equipment, your archery equipment. It's good stuff, I'm telling you. Uh, products. Uh, number one gun oil kit. Great, 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 great stuff. All right. I'm sitting waiting for you. Uh, you know what? Just call. I'll give it to you. You don't even have to come on because we're short of time today. We are. Uh, we got about a minute left. Andrew's over there just just taking it easy, answering the phones, enjoying life. I want to thank everybody that came on the show today. Larry McCoy, thanks to Chris um, for uh, helping us out. Chris Knopfsinger and talking to smallmouth fishing. Smoking Joe, always appreciate that. You out there watching us and listening to us. We couldn't do the show without you, and that's the reason we've been on for 24 years. So thank you for that. We really appreciate you. If you need to get a hold of me, just go to outdoorsdan.com or hit me up on Facebook, and we will get back to you as soon as we can. And uh, you know what? I say this every week, and I mean it. We are all in this together. Let's all get along, talk, check in with our neighbors, and try to be as kind as we can. Until next week, please keep it here on 1350 ESPN. Bye! See you, everybody!